Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you had a great weekend, and we appreciate you starting another week with us here on the Be Our Guest podcast. Well, let's do what we do. Let's head to Walt Disney World with a great trip report. Listener Jason joins us today from Pennsylvania to talk about a couple of really interesting trips. First, we talk about the time that he was down there just about two and a half years ago. He was at Riverside when the world shut down. March of 2020, he had to make the call whether to go or not down to Walt Disney World when it was really unknown what COVID was going to do with tourism and how things were going to unfold. And he made the call to go ahead and drive from Pennsylvania to Florida. And he was at Riverside when the theme park shut down and then when the resort shut down. So we talk about that. It's super, super interesting from the perspective of a Disney fan being there at a historic time. And then we talk about his trip to French Quarter this past March, two years almost to the day from that trip, and about fun times in all four theme parks, using Genie Plus for the first time, great meals at places like Artist Point, La Cellier, uh, La Hacienda, uh, just having a great time and, and being a Disney fan. So I think you're really going to enjoy today's show, a current trip, a trip during a historic time, and just fun, lots of fun Disney talk. As always, today's podcast is brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. Check them out for all your Disney trip planning needs. The agents are standing by right now to take great care of you for no cost to you. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link. It's beourguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. That one extra click really does help support everything we do here on the show. And a special thank you to the patrons of the Be Our Guest podcast. You make all these shows possible. We could not do it without you. And our patrons get that bonus show every week called Mike in the Midwest. If you'd like to get in on that, we'd love to have you. Come on over, patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Ready to take a trip to the world? You found the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. This is where your memories come front and center on our podcast stage. Welcome to episode 2157 of the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rallman, from BeOurGuestPodcast.com and one of the senior agents over at the Magic for Less Travel. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had another awesome weekend as we uh, get closer and closer to fall and we have the pennant races going on in baseball and we have Two historic uh, franchises represented here, fan bases. Our guest today, Jason, a fan of the New York Yankees because he has a connection from with where he's from. Of course, I'm a big Cardinals fan. I think you're going to see our teams in October. Maybe you'll see yeah. our teams even playing against each other in no, late early November. That'd be the that'd be the jam. But we're going to have a good time talking Disney today to kick off another awesome week. So joining me today from the state of Pennsylvania, and you might say. Pennsylvania and the Yankees. What's that all about? Jason, happy Monday. Tell us a little bit about that. What's the connection? Happy Monday. Mike, well, I'm from Northeast Pennsylvania, the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, and the Yankees AAA team plays 10 minutes from where I live. So, nice. so it's so, nice so, getting to watch them play. So do you ever get a chance to go over and see the AAA? And yeah, the guys usually go a few games a year. There's nothing, nice. nothing like minor league baseball. If you ever get a chance to go, it's really special. Yeah, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and usually every year they do a Star Wars night, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yes, yes, and you know, if you've never gone to a minor league game and, and you're any kind of a baseball fan, it's got such a different feel. I mean, it's almost like they try harder with promotions at minor league games, uh, and a lot of times you can see your, your heroes, like 
you might say, well, I'll never see an Aaron Judge, for example, at AAA. But the thing is, you might be down there like on a rehab assignment for yep. a day or two. You just got to watch. You got you to gotta be a big fan. But like, you know, with the Cardinals, you might catch uh, Yadier Molina down there for a couple nights in Memphis or in Springfield at AA. So you can still see some big stars and you see the next generation of stars passing through. So that's yep. pretty cool to have something like that right there in your backyard. Yeah. It's really a good time. I remember Roger Clemens was there for a rehab start years ago and traffic was backed up for miles and miles on the highway. It took hours to get to the game. Let me just say my number in high school, because I was a pitcher in high school, 1990 through 92, I pitched varsity. My number was 21 because that was the rocket. Roger Clemens, back when he pitched for Boston, you know, I know it's, you know, sorry, Yankees fan, but, you know, he was, uh, he was just the, the stud back then out of the University of Texas. You know, everybody, yep. all, all pitchers wanted to be Roger Clemens back then, but then he uh, wrapped up with the Yanks. Anyway, we, we can talk baseball. <laughs> when I, you get me going with sports, man. I'm telling you, it gets yeah. dangerous, but let's talk Disney. Before we dive into your trip, because we got two things I really want to dive into, your trip and then what you what happened before this trip. But tell me about your Disney fandom. How did that come about for you? Was it something from early childhood, later in life? How'd that go? Yeah, it was earlier childhood. Back in the early 90s, we were supposed to be going on a trip. My dad was planning it. And he got cancer and unfortunately ended up passing away. So we pushed the trip back a little bit. My mom took my sister and I, and I didn't know much about Disney back then. And we went and actually Epcot of all places was the first park we went to and instantly just fell in love. Went back a few more times as a kid and teenager in the nineties and then took a little break at college and everything. And then back in 2013, my wife and I took our daughter for the first time and just fell in love with it again and it was really magical and we've gone back five times since that first trip in 2013 and honestly i i'd go every few months if i could afford it <laughs> you're preaching to the choir here we all would that'd be awesome let me ask you though about, about going as a kid because i did i passed through the magic kingdom for a half a day that it rained as the only time i got to go as a child uh don't remember much except going in like a hat store i remember going in like the hat store at the magic i don't even know why i remember that like <laughs> i'm sure we rode rides but uh, the hat store is what i remember what do you remember standing out like as a kid? You said you said you remember going to Epcot first. Yeah. Was that disappointing? Was it exciting? No, it because was it's so different. I remember. Yeah, sorry. I remember like as a kid growing up in Pennsylvania, we have Hershey Park, Dorney Park. Some people might have. It's their normal amusement parks. You have roller coasters, different thrill rides. I just remember going to Epcot, and the first ride we actually went on was the World of Motion, and then we went on Horizon and the classic Disney edutainment rides. Like I had never experienced any theming like that any ride that's like a 15 minute ride with all the animatronics and you're learning something but it's so much fun and just never experienced anything like that and then going to the magic kingdom and all the different themed lands and the different types you have dark water rides you have space mountain and splash mountain just instantly fell in love like it just felt like you were somewhere else like you were in the disney bubble nothing else existed and it, it was just like nothing i ever experienced before it's very well said. It's such a unique beast, especially because I didn't get to experience those things. You know, the best I can do is things like Martin's vids. And so, you know, Dr. Kai, one of our big supporters, he's going to he's going to be so happy to hear because he's a huge Epcot fan. You know, like early 80s Epcot fan. So is his daughter, which is ironic because, you know, she's in her late teens, early 20s. And, uh, you know, that generation there. But she's gone back and because of her dad has learned the history of, of Ep, early Epcot. And, you know, we've been talking about this. I hope, and I, I, let me get your feelings because you kind of have this nostalgia too. 
Disney should do something on October 1st, right, for the 40th anniversary. I mean, I know that the, the park's got a lot of construction going on, but yeah. the, the fans deserve to look back, right, on those classic times. Yeah, I, I really hope they do. Like, when I went, it was 93. It was still pretty much the same. It was Epcot Center and just some of those old past attractions and what the park stood for. If they do something for the 40th anniversary on October 1st, then that would be awesome. Awesome. As long as they pay some tribute to it. Yeah, I hope it's not just because you know they'll sell merch, you know, because it's a revenue oh, yeah. source. But, you know, do something that is a celebration, something people can feel like they're a part of. And, you know, feel the nostalgia, feel the connection from the old days to the new. I don't know. We'll see. I, I hope something happens. But, you know, it, it, I mean, it's, it's what, it's two weeks away at this point. You know, I keep saying, oh, yeah. well, you know, when October 1st gets here. October 1st is like around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it's scary how fast the year is going by. <laughs> it is crazy. I didn't even think about that until just a second. Okay, so before we dive into your trip down to French Quarter in uh, March, you were there in an unfortunate time when the world kind of shut down. You were down at Walt Disney World as things kind of got closed March of yep. 2020. So tell us about like the, the beginnings of that trip, okay? So Because I can't... I mean, I remember it because it was so historic here. We, you know, I didn't know what to do. We stayed in the house. I did those live call-in shows every single night, seven nights a week for months. We, we just talked about things. We got through it here, but I didn't do a lot of traveling then. Take me back, not to, not to being at Walt Disney World when, when everything closed, but even making the decision to go down. Like, what was, yeah. what was that like, even to, to, to go to Florida from Pennsylvania? Yeah, so... We were following COVID, but we didn't know at the time, like how major it was, what was really going to happen. And we had our trip planned and we, we always rent a car and drive down instead of flying. So we bring more stuff with us. So up until the week we were going, we were driving down on, on Thursday, March 12th. I, I was starting to get concerned, but I wasn't too concerned. And then that day before is when the NBA that Rudy Gobert got COVID and the NBA shut down. And then the president addressed the nation. So when we woke up to drive, we were like, I guess we should still go down. We have this all planned. We don't know what's going on, but we'll have to pay. But it was definitely that week it started getting like, I don't know if we should be doing this, but we decided to still go down and see what happens. No, because I remember those times because for me, as I was watching from home because my daughter was working for Mizzou Athletics at the time for the basketball program. They were headed to uh, Nashville for the SEC basketball tournament, the conference tournament. And that was one of those things. They, they traveled all the way. You know, the teams traveled all the way from, from Columbia, Missouri to Nashville. And they just said, you know, go home. Like, no, yep. we're not playing. You know, that's when I was like in the NBA shutting down. And shortly after the NHL, you know, when major sports franchises are just like, you know, we're not even like, you know, looking at it. We're just done. Like, we're just yeah. we're, until further notice. Yeah, that's when you kind of figured it was it was uh, this is something unprecedented. Now, what was the what was the jerk? Because you did go, so yeah. you're, you're driving down the East Coast down to Florida. What was it eerie? Was it different than other it, trips? It was like on the way down, it wasn't too eerie. Like we we didn't find out that Disney was shutting down until we stopped to get dinner at Jacksonville at 8 p.m. that night. So on the way down, it wasn't different, but. On the way back, it was very eerie because there was rumors of like the highways, state borders getting shut down. So we we were worried about getting home when we finally were on our way back. So that that was when it started getting eerie. So, okay, so I want to make sure we talk about your real yeah. trip here in a second. But this is I I'm a history yeah. nut, you know, and this is just a, a time yeah. and place. And it seems like it was so long ago, but I mean a couple of years back yeah. at this point. I'm glad it's I'm glad it feels far away yeah. at this point. That's good. 
So tell me about World, though. When you were there, because you got to be there for a little bit, right? Yeah. Before shutdown? Yeah, we got there Thursday night, and we uh, we couldn't get much info when we got there because it was like 11 p.m. at night. We checked into a non-Disney hotel for the night. So we got up early Friday morning, which was our, our arrival day, and we, we were staying at Riverside. So we got right to the resort, and they were basically like, you can go home if you want which is a tough drive to do right after driving yeah. all the way down Yeah, no kidding. or you could stay through the, the, the parks were staying open through Sunday. So we would add three days at the parks and then the resorts were staying. So like you could stay for as long as you want and whatever you don't use, you'll get refunded. So like I said, at the time we didn't know how serious COVID was, we decided to stay. So we modified our plans a little bit and we did Epcot Friday, Magic Kingdom Saturday, and Hollywood Studios Sunday. We never made it to Animal Kingdom because then the parks closed. And those three days we were at the parks, to be honest, like I said, it was the early pandemic. We didn't really know. You would have never known anything was going on. There were some extra hand wash stations, but the parks were packed. Every People were still there. The biggest difference was because they were shutting down. The college program was ending early, especially Sunday. You would see a lot of like the college program kids there saying goodbye. Yeah. And that, that was a little surreal and sad. lot of tears but the most surreal day was monday because we decided to come home tuesday so we after the park closed sunday we decided to relax one day at the resort and at first it was like a normal day people were at the pool swimming but then people must have started having their flights so by that night it felt like we were the only people at Port Orleans riverside like we were in magnolia bend the whole building was dark besides our room I was loading our car up that night so we could just drive home first thing in the morning. No one, at, it was, I felt like I was the only person walking around on the resort. It, it, it was a real, I'll never forget that feeling. It was so surreal. Yeah, that, that, again, that would be super eerie to a place like Riverside, which is a ginormous resort, you know, and it's yeah. it's it's got so much energy. There's people everywhere. There's sounds. Yeah. There's stuff going on. That's great. Now, I've been there. I was there during Hurricane Charlie. That's the only thing I could even come close to, which isn't really a good comparison. But I just remember, like, the days leading up to that, the talk in the parks, everybody was talking about the hurricane may or may not hit Orlando, right? Because it was going this way. It was going that way. It ended up going right over Orlando. You know, it was kind of a, a big deal. Was the talk kind of that those last couple days in the theme parks, like, as you were standing in line to do Spaceship Earth or, you know, you're in line to do Peter Pan? Did you... Was it something people were taking serious and discussing, like making these plans? Is it getting to be a big deal, or is it just you know at that point we just thought it was like a like the cold or something like the flu? Yeah, if I'm being honest, I think a lot of people did think it was just like the cold or flu it was going to be something short. There was there was talk about it, but a lot of talk about it was same like us, like people that their trips were getting cut shorter, like making arrangements to get home. But there was there was starting to be even that early. People must have brought, there was some mask wearing, but not much like you, you, besides the talk of people trying to get home, there wasn't much different than a normal Disney trip in those days at the park. Yeah. And as I recall those early days, I mean, I think they discouraged regular people from wearing masks because they were trying to keep them yep. for the first line folks, you know, the, the healthcare yep. folks. Yeah. They were worried about yeah, a shortage yeah, of masks. Exactly. Like, then. you know, stay away from them. Let the people that need them. Where, yeah, it's such a weird time. Well, I didn't mean to you know, take up your time with that. I just, I think our audience would love to hear that because yeah. so few people were there, you know, at this historic time. And that is just, that's such an interesting take, you know, to be there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, definitely, Lord, I hope it never happens again, but it's cool yeah. to be there, you know, during history. Yeah, that was such, that was our shortest trip by far, but it's definitely <laughs> one I won't forget because it was so different.
Yeah, that's like uh, the, when the hurricane flew over, um, uh, came over, we were staying at Pop Century and Paige, you know, who's now 26, was pretty little at that time. And, you know, we're from Missouri and I'm a weather nut. I'm a science teacher. My wife's freaking out because, you know, the, the governor came on the TV. We're watching the local news on the TV at Pop Century. We're on the top floor of the 70s building. And, uh, he, you know, he signs off and he's like, you know, everybody pray. And my wife's like, dude, the governor's telling everybody to just go home and pray that we survive this. Like, she freaked out, starts calling her mom. She's sitting in the bathtub. And I'm out on the balcony just holding onto the rail because I'm like, I want to feel what a 100-mile-an-hour wind gust feels like. And I'm like, I can't breathe. But it was, you know, it, it's stupid, right? Because, like, I'm never going to feel a hurricane again. But it's just I wanted to be a part of something at Walt Disney World that, that was historic. So that yeah. that's super interesting. So let's dive into something a little more fun. Your trip, you went – Look, you didn't go to Riverside this time. You went to French Quarter. Good call. Yeah. You kind of switched yeah. it up on the other the sister resort. You guys were there in March. So how did that trip come together? Uh, we decided last year that we were going to finally, it was time to go back. And we were looking at times that worked with my daughter's school. And it ended up being almost exactly two years. To the, I think we, the COVID trip, we checked in March 13th. This trip, we checked in March 12th. So it was almost two years to the day that we went down. That's uh, that. And that's super interesting that it happened to fall that way because you could say, remember to exactly two years ago how this looked and how, you know, I guess that's really a good, to be honest, that's a good sign of times is how far, because it seemed like we were never going to get out of it. You know, like it started in March, but if you had looked at things like in August, you know, like, oh, oh yeah. you know, this is horrible. We're never getting out of this. But I mean, if th- look where we are now and where we were two years prior, you know, after yep. a lot better. Yeah, we actually looked almost at going last summer. Prices were so cheap in 2021 to get like a whole villa at uh, Animal Kingdom Lodge, but we decided it just it was too early. It wasn't it wasn't worth it yet, so we waited till this year. Good call. It always got to be comfortable. Okay, so why French Quarter though? Was it something you enjoyed Riverside? You wanted to just have something slightly different, or what? What was the draw with French Quarter? Yeah, Riverside is uh is our favorite resort. Going back to the 90s and with my family, we've stayed there a bunch of times. And in 2018, we, uh, on our trip then, which I actually talked to you about that trip before, we uh, added an extra day on right before going. So we stayed at French Quarter because they didn't have room at uh, Caribbean Beach where we were staying. And that one night there, we really liked it. And we liked the proximity to Riverside. So if we wanted to walk over there and see all the stuff over there. So we decided that was a good space for this trip. So is Riverside still your favorite? Yeah, Riverside is still my favorite overall. I like, I actually, I know some people don't like how big it is, but I like how big it is because even when it's fully booked, it's so relaxed. Like at night after a hectic day at the park, you can walk around and it's so quiet. And I don't mind taking the relaxing walks for the coffee every morning, even if it's farther away. I'm right with you. I love that resort. Their resort is, it, it's awesome. It, yep. And I always tell people the, the biggest draw to me, because I always, you know, like, the biggest draw for Pop Century is the Skyliner. You know, same for art. I always give somebody like, what's my like elevator pitch for this resort? You know, and like Caribbean Beach, well, it's at the hub of the Skyliner. You know, you don't have to take that extra jump. But for Riverside, this is what I always say. It's like walking through a postcard. I mean, honestly, if you are up at sunrise, like you mentioned, going to get your coffee, it doesn't matter how far away you are from the main building to go, you know, to go to the food court area, what have you. I'm telling you what, you might not like walking, but you are rewarded with one of the most beautiful walks. I mean, it's like walking through like a Thomas Kincaid painting every morning when that river's flat and the sun's reflecting off. The grass looks perfect. Those white buildings and the foliage. I mean, it just, to me, maybe it's not everybody's aesthetic. To me, 
it's gorgeous. I mean, it looks yeah. like a painting. Yep, I love it. That's like when they always say welcome home when you get to Disney World. That's what I think of when home. Like it's so relaxing and beautiful on the mornings they're walking across the bridge to get over to the main building. Like that's when I think of Disney, that's what I think of. All right, so let's go back to French Quarter though. And I do like French yep. Quarter. French Quarter at night rocks. I, yeah. The jazz music playing, the little streets, the name of the streets, the street yep. posts, the wrought iron, uh, you know, all over the place. The little, you know, field, not fields, but the little courts with the yep. fountains going all the time. I mean, just in the jazz alligator. I, I French Quarter rocks too, don't get me wrong. Yep. So give us a review of your room and your time at French Quarter, the food court, stuff like that. Yeah, I, I really love French Quarter. Actually, say I believe, I forget the number, but I believe we were in Building Four, which is right by the main building, and right outside our room there was a beautiful courtyard with a fountain with benches around it, and the pool there was a really good size. And even though the resort was supposedly it was really crowded this trip, that resort was fully booked, but it was never overcrowded at the pool. Walking around at night, it was nice and quiet. The food court, we ate there a couple of times, had really good food. I had way too many beignets. As I was going to ask, I was going to go, yeah. did you have beignets and how many? Yeah. Too many is always I, the answer with me. I had too many. Yeah. <laughs> I like the regular beignets and I, I had way too many of those, but the cinnamon sugar specialty beignets, <laughs> I was probably eating like three of those a day. Like they were just too good. Oh, I, I would just kill. keep going over. I'd be like, oh, I'll be right back. Go over and get another beignet. I'd pay 25 bucks for a bag right now. I mean, seriously, yeah. way too much, but I'd do it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're so good. It, it would have been bad for my waistline if we stayed there any longer than we did. Exactly. I would have right. just kept eating them. Here, you know what, though? There's been a lot of times on race weekends I've stayed at Riverside, and I'll t this is so bad. I'll take the bus back to French Quarter instead just to swing because you get back so early from the races because they start like at 5 in the morning. I'll swing through, and I'll grab like a breakfast sandwich, something with protein because I'm really hungry. But I also get beignets. Yeah. <laughs> like I eat the beignets on the way back to my room at Riverside. That is a walk. I figured, well, I'll walk the extra. Yeah, you don't burn that many calories like a bag of beignets walking from French yeah. Quarter to Riverside. But I'll tell myself that, you know. It was like, yeah, good yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would go for beignets and my our room was so close, but I'd get back and mine would already be gone. And my family would be like, aren't you having yours? I'm like, oh, I already ate mine. Then you can't lie because you got the powdered sugar like yep. all over your shirt. Like, I, well, I didn't get any beignets. What? You got powdered sugar all over your shirt. My, what? <laughs> so the, the room worked out well. For, what's yeah, your party the, size like? I mean, how'd that work? Uh, there's my wife and my daughter. My daughter was 12 on the trip, almost 13. And the rooms are what 330 square feet or whatever but they they work perfectly it's got everything you need and it was a really nice room it was one of the redone rooms with the storage space under the bed and all that and it was a really nice room makes a difference all right let's talk about theme parks you guys were there for seven days i imagine you went to all four parks at some point yep. so you know we don't have to go day by day but just give us some highlights yeah. like what what sticks out here six months later fun times in the theme parks yeah. But one thing that sticks out, I'm like I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And we went in 2020, Rise of the Resistance was open, but we went there on the last day the parks were open. And I don't know if it was from going, 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 trying to fit everything in. I got a little sick and I couldn't get up early enough to get a boarding group. So I missed Rise of the Resistance wow. that trip. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I made sure that on our day, which was the second day of the trip, I made sure I got up and I got the lightning lane. I bought the lightning lane for Rise of Resistance to make sure we went on that. And that lives up to the hype. That is by far the best ride I've ever been on. 
So what do you think? I agree. I mean, it's it's more than an attraction. It's like yep. a multi-level experience. Is it, yep. It's not an attraction in, in the sense of everything else at Walt Disney World. They're attractions. Um, what do you think of Batu overall? Uh, I really... I really enjoy it. The first trip with COVID, it was so rushed. And as a huge fan, you have expectations. So I wasn't sure how I felt about it fully the first trip, because we. but this time I got to spend two days there. And it, I, there's so much detail in the theming, just walking around, you really do feel like you're on another planet, like the way they wear down to make the buildings look worn down, the, the food at the restaurants, the theming, the Millennium Falcon, Rise of the Resistance, the stormtroopers walking around and maybe heckling you. Yeah. You could see Ray walking around. Like just there, it's it's a really great land. So, what do you think about? Um, they announced this a couple of weeks back with D twenty three with the Mandalorian is going to be yeah. walking around with uh, yeah. Grogu. Grogu, and, yep. I mean, that's a Disneyland. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll bring that to World at some point. But I mean, yeah. in your because you're a bigger Star Wars fan probably than I. It sounds like I mean, you got a Star Wars shirt on right now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, is is that a good way to do this? And should yeah. they bring more of the current kind of streaming storylines into into Batu? Yeah, I think that's. It's obviously hard to change the physical land, but obviously when they made the land, they made it set around the sequel trilogy. But I think where they can, because where the Mandalorian set, it's between the original sequels, but bringing in anything from the new shows they're doing, it just adds to the ever-evolving feeling of the land. And Mando and Grogu are so popular right now, who wouldn't want to no be able to meet them? No kidding. Yeah, if they step out, they're going to have to have a huge... Some kind of crowd control. It's going to be like Elvis yeah. walking out in Memphis. It's going to be nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Disney saw, we got to get it. It's, it's, it really amazes me that it's taken this long. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it's, I mean, it, it's almost like past its peak. It's almost like Frozen. It took so long to get the attraction. You know, kind yep. of one of those things. Yeah. I remember there were rumors about it not long after the show first blew up in late 2019. And I'm wondering if COVID maybe yeah, slowed it down point. a little bit. Yeah. Because I feel like it wouldn't just to have a character meet and greet wouldn't have taken that long to get off the ground. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's. I just remember when when Frozen you could first meet Anna and Elsa. They were over in Epcot, yep. and uh, my wife waited four hours. She she we got there. She got there right as World Showcase opened, and waited four hours. So, I guess that was Mallory. Yeah, it was Mallory. Mallory could meet. Anna and Elsa, and that's how nuts it was. It was before they moved over to the Magic Kingdom at Princess Fairy Tale Hall, and now they're back at Epcot, obviously. But oh, I mean, it was just that frozen. It's it'll be the same thing, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, you don't think about how hot some like franchises are like in the moment. It was it yep. was insane. I can't believe. Yeah, I remember my daughter got in the Frozen, and we went in 2014, and they had moved the Fairy Tale Hall, and I got lucky and got a fast pass. But on top of that, just when they added it to the castle projection show and they had the let it go segment, just all the little kids going oh, nuts. Yeah. Like you just see how like it might not be something you're into, but your kids and all the other like the way they just go crazy for it. And the dads of all the little girls, dude, I was belting out let oh, it go because yeah. I'd heard it 8000 yep. times in my house with Mallory. It was like, oh, yep. my God, I had to see my it. daughter get emotional. I started getting emotional <laughs> just because she was getting emotional. Let it go. Yeah, seriously. I, I get it, man. That's how dads are. OK, so what about some other stories from the parks? What, what about yep. some of the other theme parks? Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things we want to do this trip was eat at a lot of new places. And one of my bucket list items was eating at La Cellier. So the second day we were at Epcot, we had a lunch reservation for La Cellier. And I have to say on all my trips to Walt Disney World, that was 
by far the I've had a lot of good meals. That was by far the best meal I've ever had. Really? I'll, See, I'll be thinking I, about that meal for a long time. I used to go there a lot back when we had the dining plan and it was this was before it went signature, because again I'm cheap, right? Yeah. So it was a really good value when it was one credit because you got a just awesome steak, potato, appetizer, what have you. When it went to two, and, and then sometimes I was on the dining plan, sometimes I wasn't because of annual passes and stuff. I, I haven't been there in a while. So it's good to hear that you went there recently, just this year, and it's it's still a solid option. Yeah, I had the uh, the New York strip steak because on our first night there, we had the Be Our Guest dinner for the first time, and I had the filet there, so I wanted to mix it up. And that New York strip steak was probably the best steak I've ever had. It was. It had fingerling potatoes and uh, some type of special butter with it, and oh my god, it was so good. It sounds so. You're killing me with the beignets <laughs> now. The steak. <laughs> oh man, you're. Yeah, killing I had me. steak three. We also had steak. At, I had uh, the hanger steak at Skipper's Canteen, and that was also. That was our first time eating there, and that was a real good meal too. Oh, good choice. Oh man, sorry if you're running or doing any form of exercise. <laughs> you're listening today. We apologize. I should have told you up front. I didn't know this was coming. No, great. The atmosphere too in the Cellier is very unique. I mean, it's dark. Yep. It's almost like you're eating in a cave. I, I, I love restaurants. Yep. I, I, I can even give on food a little bit. Like I, I don't think San Angelo Inn has the best food in the world, but I still go there all the time just because it's so cool eating inside yep. there with the pyramid, the boats going by. Yep. You don't really see your food anyway. And Mexican all kind of tastes yep. the same to me. <laughs> yeah, it was. To be honest, it was nice eating at La Celia like that in the dark and the quiet because. We made the mistake with this trip of we didn't realize it was Florida spring break week. And even with the park pass reservation system, I have to say of all my trips, besides in the mid nineties, my mom took us, we were actually there for Christmas and new year's. That was the most crowded I've ever seen it, but this was actually the most, the second most crowded I've ever seen the parks, especially Epcot both days we were there. There were certain areas where you could barely move. It was so crowded in there. So let me ask you about that, though, because you have the experience. You've been there so many times. Were, were you using, you mentioned individual lightning lanes. You use Genie yeah. Plus, or what's your strategy to get the most out of yeah. your time, even during a busy busy, yeah. uh, busy park time? We, were, we used the Genie Plus, but I have to say it was our first time using it, and I researched as much. My Based off my one time using it, I kind of missed the FastPass Plus, mm -hmm. the, the, light, the Genie Plus, you have to get up every day and do it. And besides Magic Kingdom, where there's lots of attractions, it's not, to be honest, it's not always worth it. Like at Epcot, the first day we went, we got, uh, I believe, Frozen, and then we bought the Ratatouille ride. The Remy's event. And that was that was an excellent attraction. That was our first time riding that. But the second day, we needed to go. It was so crowded. Test track was like a three-hour wait. So I got up at se right at 7. I was on the app on our second day to get test track. When I clicked on it, it said my time would be 9.30. I was like, perfect. Just the two clicks it took to confirm my party and confirm it, it switched our time to 3 p.m. Yeah, see, that is insane. They, they, yeah. You cannot tell me that six hours worth of yep. passes went by in five seconds. That's great. And all that, it was still 7 a.m. And I was like, oh, Remy's was so worth it. It was during the week. It was cheater. I'm like, we're going to buy Remy's again. It was still, it, the cl clock on my phone still said 7 a.m. Remy's was already sold out for today. So we couldn't even buy another one for that. that now at Magic Kingdom, both days we were there and even nights where we went there afterwards, we used Genie Plus a lot there. But I will say, if you, especially if you're there all day, after your first or second ride, you're going to be getting more third and fourth tier attractions. Like we actually probably rode Pirates of the Caribbean like 10 times this trip because we were able to keep getting mm -hmm. Genie Plus 
passes for it. Yeah. yeah. The only time I've used Genie Plus, obviously, so far, we use it in Disneyland. And I'll say what I think, you know, first of all, I'd never been to Disneyland. So everything, I didn't care what I rode. So when we use Genie Plus, we would always just, we would take whatever came up next. Like we just got, because I think yeah. there's two ways you can use Genie Plus. You can use it to like look for your optimal attraction and just kind of not use Genie Plus, like lock in to say it's like 10 o'clock in the morning grab something you really want to ride but you might not get to ride it till five in the evening okay well you got that locked in you're going to get to ride that without a wait but now you don't get to use genie plus for the next seven hours what yep. we did we took the other strategy where we would ride something and as soon as we tapped in we just like what's next and we just get oh well that's close okay we're gonna so we didn't always get you know we didn't get headliner attractions a whole lot every once in a while one pot it was like playing a slot machine but we yeah. didn't care. We were there just to ride as many rides as we could, have fun, to yeah. stop, get snacks here and there. And we got a great value out of it. But here's the thing I think that Disneyland does a little bit better because you kept mentioning what people keep saying, and I get it. I'm an early bird, so it doesn't bother me too much. But the 7 o'clock thing, at Disneyland, you can't get your first uh, Genie Plus selection until you get into the park, which I think is a great idea because yeah. it makes it fair for everybody. And then there's no stress like in the morning. Like you just... You get there at park opening just like you would as a normal guest, and then you start using Genie Plus as the day unfolds. You don't have to, you know, get up and like, you know, like I'm going to work, like the old uh, commercial. You know, got to get up and make the donuts. You know, it, yep. that's too much like the real world. Yeah, yeah, I'm an early bird. I'll get up, but it's still like my family's not super early, so I'll get up, but they'll still be asleep. But it's still like the stress of getting up, making sure you're already wide awake on the app to click what you want, and. Being in the parks does sound like a much better system. Like I had problems with FastPass Plus, like making selections two months at a time. It feels like you're too much, you're planning your trip too much before you're even there. But at, at least like you have the time to go through it. Like when it was FastPass Plus, I would always get everything I wanted because I would be right on there the first day of our 60 day window. This time it wasn't like I, we went on Avatar in 2018 on our trip in 2018 and we didn't make it to Animal Kingdom in the COVID trip. And unfortunately, we couldn't get on flight of passage this time because the weights were crazy. And it was like a four hour wait and I couldn't get a lightning lane for it the day we went to Animal Kingdom. Even other days that we didn't start at Animal Kingdom, I tried to look for lightning lanes to go there later. And I just I couldn't get they were sold out so quick for that. Right. That's crazy. That, that, that's, I mean, but it was busy and you were there during yeah. spring break, but that's still kind of. Kind of crazy, but you know, and Scott and I have had this conversation about the park reservations, old fast pass, genie plus, and he makes a great point when we have the discussion, you know, back with fast pass, we didn't have theme park reservations, but Disney really, they had a, they had a theme park reservation system. If you think about it, because everybody was making fast pass reservations, 60 days prior, most people were. And if you made a fast pass, if you made three fast pass reservations, they had to be in the same theme park. They knew where you were going to be for that morning, at least because you were locked in or that evening. They yeah. knew because you, you had to have three in one park. It was a pseudo under the record. Nobody complained about it because you didn't realize it, but you were guaranteeing what park you were going to be in. I never thought about it that way, but I mean, think about that yeah. today. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's Yep. Yep. They know right where you're at. That's why they love the apps because they know you're making the plans on there and that's their way to check what the forecast is going to be for crowds that day and where everyone is that day. So in, give us a few more highlights from the theme parks, and then we'll talk yeah. about a few other things for uh, yeah. Raptor. So uh, this was our first time at Flower and Garden since 2014. So that was something we were excited for. And uh, while I didn't try as many food boots as I wanted, it was just great being in Epcot, seeing all the topiaries up. I did 
the, out of the food boots we did try, the pineapple promenade was probably my favorite. I had the spicy hot dog with the uh, spicy chutney with the plantain chips, and that was actually probably one of the best things I ate on the whole trip. And they had the Dole Whip with the mango liqueur on it. And that was that was really good. I got to hang out with you. You eat well. Yeah. You eat stuff that I like. <laughs> I try to eat healthier when I'm at home, but down at Disney, anything goes. So. Same. And uh, I'm not a huge drinker, but I do like to have a drink. And that night at the, I think believe it was the first night we were at Epcot, we watched Harmonious, which I know is kind of going away already, and a lot of people weren't fans of it, but we really liked Harmonious. Like I'm a huge Illuminations fan, and I saw Epcot. Epcot forever on the shortened trip. And I liked that. I didn't know how I was going to feel, but we really enjoyed harmonious, but I tried the, the beer flight from pineapple promenade. And I'd say, I don't remember the names of the three beers. They were all local brews, but they were all excellent. They're good, better, and best. Yep. <laughs> That's what they were. No, you're a harmonious fan. Though. You know what? Yep. Though? Here's what I think. And I, I don't know you that well. You've been on the show before and, you know, we're conversing here. But, you know, I see you just talking to you here and, and getting your perspective on things. You're a pretty optimistic guy. You're a Disney fan. You like the you like the company. You like the experiences. I think that you're probably one of those people similar to me. I I there's very few things I don't like in Walt Disney World. And I just could not. It wasn't that I hated Harmonious or anything like that. It just never connected with me. I don't know why. Like it maybe I think it is the Illuminations thing. It's like. I know it wasn't Harmonious's fault that the Illuminations went away. Illuminations ran its course. But dang, I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> yeah. I do miss Illuminations. I think part of it was I went in with such low expectations. Like, I had heard bad about it and people didn't like it. And Disney, so I went in with low. And I thought it was a good mix of the different types of laser and light shows with a little bit more fireworks than Illumination has, yeah. had. And... Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a lot of fun. I'm not sad it's going away already. I'm just surprised that that's like different for Disney, kind of like to spend all that money switching over a show and then to kind of listen to the fans and kind of change it that quick. So it's kind of encouraging. It is actually. Let me ask you this real quick, just as a Disney fan, because I think you're plugged in. You're you're tuned into the D23 Parks panel announcements. So yes. what what got you most excited out of all those announcements that you heard over the past couple I, of weeks? Uh, I think in general, just like them kind of listening, making changes, listening to the fans, they're changing harmonious. They're going back to happily ever after at Magic Kingdom. I know there's not a lot of info, but the the artwork they showed for expanding past Thunder Mountain, like that'll spread out the crowds at Magic Kingdom more if they follow through on that. And Dino Land, as much as I like Dinosaur to Ride, that land is kind of come a black hole. So the idea to switch it to Moana and Zootopia theme, like, I know some people aren't a fan of everything becoming IP driven and Disney synergy, but to freshen that up a little bit, I think it'll make it more exciting. And even that'll spread Animal Kingdom out more because if that's something new and exciting like Moana, people will want to go spend more time over there. Yeah, it's very well said. Dino Land is just kind of a dead area of Animal Kingdom. I, I understand what the theme was going for, but it just nobody goes back. I'm a fan of Dinosaur, too. I think there's very few of us. I like Dinosaur. However, now have you ever been to Disneyland yourself? No, I ha- that's that's a bucket. I want to get I'm over there. I people told me, and I kept saying, "I'll go, I'll go." I said that for a decade. When I went out there, I was there for like ten minutes. I'm like, "Oh, stupid! You should have gone ten years ago." I'm telling you, go now, get a plane ticket. It's so awesome. But once I went on Indiana Jones, oh, because it's the same car in the same yep. track. Indiana Jones was amazing, but I love yeah. Dinosaur. But it's the same thing. Like, I, there were so many things like that at Disneyland. But yeah, you're right. I, I'm not like I've never even seen Zootopia. Uh, I've seen Moana. I like Moana. I, yeah. I did see that movie, 
But, uh, you know, it, it is what it is. Like, things are going to be IP-based. It's That's just yep. the world we're living in. And if it makes the park better and it makes people connect with attractions and lands and gives us... Because Dino Land wasn't doing it for anybody, I don't yeah. think. So make it better. Yep. Yeah, like, there's nostalgia for us the way Disney used to be when we were going back in the day and how it used to be less. But now it's... There's still nostalgia there. And now you have, like, the kids growing up and they love these movies and to see the way that they'll experience the parks if they get to see their favorite movies in person. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's crazy. Yeah, I never thought about it that way either. Yeah, yeah. totally. They're going to be nostalgic for Frozen. These, these, yep. you know, like kids my older daughter's age. Oh, my yep. God. I'm so old. Get off my grass. Okay. Yep. Um, did you guys do anything outside of the theme parks, like Disney Springs? You guys, yeah. what other stuff did you do outside of the theme parks? Yeah, we went to Disney Springs for one day. That is so expansive now. I wish... It's hard on the trips, especially when you're only going like once every couple of years, you want to spend time everywhere. But we went to Disney Springs. We didn't really eat anywhere that trip, this trip at Disney Springs because we had a reservation for Artist Point at Wilderness Lodge. So we just kind of walked around and went in the shops at Disney Springs. Like that's just so different than it was even 10 years ago with all the different, there's entertainment everywhere. It's like, it does feel like so alive. Like you walk around a corner and there's a musician singing and people are gathering around watching. You walk up past a couple more shops and there's a band playing and there's like jugglers, jugglers. There's just so much going on. The line to Gideon's Bakehouse was Always. wrapped around halfway around Disney Springs. I think they pay people to stand in line there because it's constant. I, I can't yeah. ever get a cookie or a piece yep. of cake. Come on, people. No, you're right. I mean, when I'm down there, I'm always like, God, if I was a local. I'd always be over here. Like, I, I, and I'm always people. I'm cheap. Like, I just come over and I would, you know, get like a pe like one piece of pizza, Blaze Pizza, and just enjoy yeah. the atmosphere. I'd take in the singers, the, you know, the the, the singing group from Africa at Animal Kingdom was, yeah. was performing right outside that. I call it that influencer store there with all the Disney uh, like lifestyle apparel. They yeah. were like on a little stage right out in that corner there, kind of by Planet Hollywood. I'm like, God, if I was a local man, I could take this in all the time. I, it, yeah. it wouldn't cost me a whole lot. Yeah, that would be, that's, I always joke about like moving down there and between the magic of a vacation or being local. And if I was local, I'd be at, even without the parks, I'd be at Disney Springs all the time. And we actually have a Blaze Pizza up here now. I never actually had it down there because we were always eating at sit-down restaurant. But now I love Blaze Pizzas. We have a lot of good pizza places up here, but for like a chain place, Blaze Pizza is amazing. We had one here in St. Peter's, the town that I moved to a few years ago. It was here for about five minutes. It was here. Went out of business right before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah, I know. I was like, I was excited. We got something from Disney Springs. Boom. It was here for about a year and went out of business. It was such a shame. Yeah. I was so disappointed in that because I liked it too. And it would seem like it was busy. So I don't know what's going on with that. Okay, so we've got to wrap up here shortly. But any other highlights from the trip? Because I this has been such an interesting show, such a fun show. Give us you know, a couple more stories from the trip. Like, What are you going to remember when you look back to this March 2022 trip? Uh, I... The 50th anniversary, while I didn't think it was everything it was hyped up to be, it was really cool walking around the Magic Kingdom and seeing all the statues and seeing the castle all done up different. And, and one thing I really, the last night we were there, we spent it at Magic Kingdom and we were walking around. It was it was dark now. It was later at night. We weren't sure if we were going to stay around for the fire because we had already watched them. But we were walking through Adventureland at night, which is one of my favorite areas at any of the parks at night. It just feels so different. And we had never gone up in the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse at night. So we decided to walk up it. And we were at the very top. There's a view you have where the tree branches separate. 
and you see the castle you see main street you see spaceship earth all lit up and that was we just stood there staring at it for probably five or ten minutes like it was just that's actually the background i'm like i took a picture of it it's the background at work i'm like on my computer that, that's something i'll never forget that's a good tip. Okay. Get get that picture on your vacation yeah. so that you can put it on your phone, like your background on your, your phone or your like your computer, your laptop, whatever, because that way it mentally always takes you right back to that trip. That's I love when you like people mention stuff like that because we need like on a you know, you're having a crummy Tuesday afternoon at work. Yep. But taking that picture takes you right back to that night at the Magic Kingdom and hey, at least you got the good memory. Yeah. And one other thing, uh at the Animal Kingdom, uh, unfortunately we only really spent one day there we spent a whole day there but we had never done the maharaji jungle trek the one with the tigers so we took our time walking through that and just the tigers were very active while we were there and it was really cool just standing there staring at them watching them do their thing like that that was something new like we always try to do a few new things like we ate at la hacienda de san angel at mexico the the outside restaurant right on the water and that that was a really cool experience like we always try to mix in we like to do our favorite things like stuff that we do every trip we always try to mix in some new experiences well, artist so, point was well, a really cool restaurant i want to ask you about that because you mentioned just a few minutes ago yeah. i had that so give us a quick review of that because yeah. we don't talk about that place very much on yeah. here and it's uh, it's kind of a hidden gem yes yeah, so that wasn't actually a, a new we actually did that on the COVID trip too okay. we had a reservation there so we ate there both times and both times it was a really good experience the food you get the different courses they bring out the uh, appetizers on a little like thing that looks like trees with branches and then while you're there snow right comes out uh grumpy comes out dopey comes out and they come they spend time with you take pictures the queen comes out and she kind of like like my daughter had a little tiara on and as the queen was walking by she goes oh your crown it's so small and pathetic it's so you like just so like staying in character <laughs> and so that. insulting but salty <laughs> and they bring out the dessert and it comes in a little like little treasure box and they open it up and it has this uh, dried ice in there so it makes it look like smoke's coming out and then the little chocolates are in there like it's a really cool experience plus it's a good excuse if you've never stayed at wilderness lodge to go over there and check out that resort that's a really beautiful resort heck yeah it is yeah i've, I've never I, i've i've never been to artist point before it was storybook yeah. dining or since i've always gone to uh Whispering Canyon. That's kind of more yep. my, my, you know, my aesthetic is just the wild West kind of thing, but I got to get over there because everybody yeah. raves about it and talks about it. I think it'd be a ton of fun. Yeah. I was never there before it was storybook dining, so I can't vote, but it's excellent. So we actually had a reservation for Whispering Canyon this time because we couldn't get one for artist point. And then we kept checking and one opened up. So we switched over there to artist point. And yeah, I recommend anybody listening to on your next trip, go check out that restaurant. It's a really cool experience. Good call. Well, Jason, hey, thank you for hopping on here and starting our week. This has been a really great show for me because not only did you give lots of useful information from that March trip this year, French Quarter, but it was great to have that perspective because few were down at Walt Disney World during that crazy time in March of 2020. And you really described it well. I mean, you took us there, what it was like to get down there, what it was like to get back, to be there. And you're, you're definitely a true Disney fan. So, again, I appreciate your friendship and your support, and I really appreciate the time to kick off a great week with us here on the podcast. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me on. I, I could talk Disney all day, every day, so it was great getting to talk with you. Anytime. We'll do it again. We'll have to go three for three. Oh, <laughs> sounds great. All right. Don't forget, today's show is brought to you by the Magic for Less Travel. Check them out. 
For all of your Disney trip planning needs, the agents are standing by right now all week, every day to help you plan an amazing Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, or Adventures by Disney Trip. Check them out today over at themagicforless.com. Please also use our Amazon affiliate link. It's vrguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. That one extra click helps us out. So please do click through vrguestpodcast.com slash Amazon. And a sincere thank you to the patrons of the VR Guest Podcast. You make all these shows possible. We couldn't do it without you. And our patrons get those bonus shows called Mike in the Midwest every week. If you'd like to get in on that, come on over. Patreon.com slash Be Our Guest Podcast. Give me a follow on social media this week at be our guest Mike on Instagram and Twitter. Would love to talk to you. And of course, join Scott Gardner and myself this Sunday night. It's you, me, and Scotty G live on Facebook and YouTube. We'll be taking your calls and talking Disney. So call in and be a part of the show this Sunday night. So until Wednesday, where we get back together to answer your list of questions, we're going to jump out of here. But for Jason, I'm Mike wishing you a great Monday. Time to get back to work. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Be Our Guest Walt Disney World Trip Planning Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website at BeOurGuestPodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you real soon.